Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas, everybody. How we doing? Come on, are we grateful for Jesus? Y'all looking great today. Why don't we join me North Location? Let's welcome the Plaza Location. We love you guys. Merry Christmas to you. I love that on the Christmas trees, we've got red and yellow ornaments because it is Chief's Kingdom season. Lord, we thank you for victory over our enemies and redemption for last year's AFC West loss, or AFC Championship loss. Hey, say hi to your neighbor and grab your seat. It's great to have you in church. If you're brand new to Hillsong, we're, we're honored to have you out. Hope you feel at home. It's been a great weekend already. The uh, Sisterhood uh, United Night here in the North location was powerful. It was amazing. Girls, you packed this place out, and uh, I saw the guys serving. Uh, they were looking so dapper, especially the single ones. They came extra dapper and uh, extra lonely, and it's been amazing. I got an exciting message, message centered around the Christmas story, but really really not speaking to the Christmas story. I, I think it will speak to your story. Uh, I'm just going to warn you, we're going to go to some sensitive places uh, in some of your lives. We're going to talk about some relational things, some pains and some problems. And I just want you to prepare your heart to hear from heaven and for let the Christmas story not just be what happened to you, but what happens through you towards the people around you. Uh, Plaza North, let's pray together. Let's get our hearts prepared to hear the word today. Lord, we love you. We are in such desperate need of more of you. We thank you that that was what Christmas was all about, is that we didn't just have God uh, in a religious service. Uh, we didn't just have a, a connection with God or forgiveness once a year, but we walk in forgiveness and we walk in mercy and we walk in your grace. And Lord, we're never separated from your love. And so we thank you that you've been good to us. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that we unwrap that gift fresh and new even this morning. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to the heart of everyone here. I ask that you would heal hearts and restore lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Christmas story in Luke's gospel kicks off like this. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town. Everyone went home. How many people are heading home for the holidays, heading home for Christmas. How many people have people coming home to KC for the holidays? That's what we have to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Why? There was no guest room, this translation says, available to them. Jesus was born in a barn. Now, Jesus' family goes home, his historic home, the home of his lineage, the, where his people, his family came from. And yet even when he goes to his hometown, there is no room for him and his family. Now, theologians will differ a little bit because I've actually been to Bethlehem. It's a tiny 
little village and just maybe the huge influx of people that were returning home for the census. There just wasn't any any space. But I just think of this. What kind of person doesn't give up their room for a woman who is nine months pregnant? There was some people believe there was no room for them because they were seen as a problem. They, they had issues. Uh, what was it? We know the story because we hear about the angels showing up to to, to Mary and the dream that Joseph has. We, we know the whole story that this was a child of divine providence. This was a, a gift from heaven. But maybe that's not what the relatives or the people around them were saying. Maybe this first family of, uh, of salvation, this holy family, had to fight through shame, had to fight through alienation. See, Jesus has an awkward homecoming when he comes back to his father's town. Many of you will have as well. That's why we don't like, we like, we want to avoid Christmas. Like it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it can also be the most difficult time of year. We're face to face with problem people in our lives, maybe parents, siblings, maybe children. We're, we're face to face with some of the tension that we kind of can pretend like doesn't exist the rest of the year. And yet here it is showing up on your doorstep, bringing a gift you didn't want. And this could be the most difficult time, not based upon all the things you have to get done, although it could be a stressful time, but maybe based on some of the things that were done to you. Not based on all the shopping and the events that we have to go to, but some of the people that we are around. Because these are supposed to be, what, loved ones. Supposed to be people that we love. People that were maybe supposed to love us. And they didn't. Maybe they made your childhood less than Mary. Maybe they make your current status less than bright. We all have problem people in our world. Every one of us. Jesus, even when he returned back in his ministry, all he was doing was good. And he comes back to his hometown, and they said they, they dishonored him. They, they really rejected who he was. Jesus understands alienation. And relationships where all he wants to do is bring good. And Jesus is perfect. Like, we are so far from that. And yet he understands this tension in coming home. He understands the, the problems that we can have with people. I want to speak today just about hope for healing. I'm not talking about physical healing. I'm talking about emotional. I want to talk about relational healing. I want to talk about forgiveness and, and mercy. And that just maybe, I don't know your story or your situation, but just maybe the Holy Spirit would show you the way forward. Because I don't want you to hear this and feel a condemnation that you've got to go make things right. I want you to understand and wrestle with the Holy Spirit and maybe have a conviction about what your part to play is. And many people maybe come from abuse. You come from neglect. You come from betrayal and abandonment. And I'm not saying just one message is going to set you right and you're going to go figure it all out. But what I am going to tell you is that God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God of redemption and grace. And God will, he will show you the way, the way forward. Because Christmas can be really drama filled based upon who is there. And maybe for some of you, it's a loss of someone who isn't there. Like not only do you have to see them, uh, you actually, many of you, that's why you like, you want to get out of town. You like pretend that you got called away to work. You're like y'all can keep the mistletoe. End your mess. You can keep your stockings and stuff it with your drama. I am going to Hawaii. Melikalikimaka. And a happy new year to you. 
And it's painful. And when things are painful, and we don't know quite how to deal with things, and some of you, it's been decades when these things have happened, where the conflict began, or the pain, or the betrayal happened. And so sometimes we just pretend. Like we put on the face, and we go through the motions, and maybe you're just having to make it through a two-hour family dinner. Maybe it's a couple days. And yet many of us, we have to pretend all year. We have to pretend all year like there isn't a wound there, there isn't a hurt there, there isn't a friction or a brokenness there. But it's Christmas, and we're supposed to be delightful, like Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? And we know we're supposed to have this, this family. I do love that as believers, we're born into the family of faith with a perfect father, doesn't betray, doesn't hurt, doesn't harm. But yet we still have our family of origin and we have the relationships around us. And, and there's always going to be friction with people on earth, even really good believers, because none of us are perfect. Uh, I've had to go back several times after years of things that I know I did wrong, attitudes I've had, uh, things that I said and, and had to say, hey, will you forgive me? Uh, because I could feel like there was a conflict there. And then there's a, there's a back and forth, because sometimes we did some things wrong, but they did a lot of things wrong. And they did some things wrong, and then our reaction was out of Christ, wasn't in Christ-like character. Why, and, and I can't blame you. We all do it. And so we have this, this wrestle, and many of us pretend everything is fine, but we know that it's not. And yet we have a God that doesn't just want to save us one day for eternity. He wants to heal us. He wants to give us hope. He wants to build bridges of reconciliation even here and, and now. And, and, and Christmas just has a way. The holidays have a way of bringing things to the surface that we have buried years ago. I, I love the lyrics of Hark the Herald Angel. Hark the, I'm not going to sing it because I want you to have a good Christmas. But it says this, peace on earth and mercy mild. I don't know what mercy mild means. I like my mercy, muy picante. Mercy mild, God and sinner reconciled. God and sinner reconciled. That is the gift of Christmas. It's like God in us, God in sinner, God in man, God in humanity reconciled. What about sinner and sinner reconciled? That, that's another level. That's another level of our faith. That how do we get things right when we're people that do, do things wrong? I've got a very near dear friend. Uh, he's actually a pastor and uh, he grew up, his parents were divorced when he was two years old, barely remembers his dad growing up, would visit him once a year, and after he was about 15, just didn't visit him at all. And they just had a yearly conversation right around Christmas Eve or Christmas. And he says it was the most awkward thing, because here's this man who, who didn't want anything to do with his, his mom, and therefore he didn't have anything to do with his son. And this guy lived a very lonely life, a very selfish life, and and yet my, my, man, my, my, my friend, who's like a man of God, a man of character, always just felt like an unloved child every Christmas. And so he had to wrestle with this. And over the years, um, the conversations got less and less, and they, the phone call went quicker and quicker. And it was literally just like a check-in. But then God began to do work in his heart, and he even had the audacity to tell his dad, hey, I forgive you, just even though you weren't here. And you guess what? It wasn't even all that well-received. In fact, from that moment on, they barely talked at all. But something changed on the inside of him. I have another friend, also a pastor. And, and his dad actually lives in the same town as him. And they see each other all the time. They actually do things together. But I know for a fact, because I've heard a little bit of the story, that they've never gotten over the drama and the tension that's like happened in high school. And this is 30 years ago. 
See, you could be in close proximity with people and they still cause pain. You could be far from people and have healing. See, I have one, that one friend, the first friend, he's, he's made a decision to let God go to work in his heart. And he just took one little step to try to mend a bridge, or at least share his heart. And it wasn't all that well received, but guess what? He's now received healing in that place. And yet the other friend, he just pretends like nothing ever happened. He, he walks through a, a, a weekly, a monthly encounters with his father, and it just doesn't feel like there's anything there. See, it's amazing how we all have the choice of what part we can do, what part we can play. And listen, I know I'm speaking to people who have been dealt so wrong and betrayed and hurt and abused. No way, shape, or form do I am telling you that you just need to get over it. What I am asking you is to get on with letting God at least heal and speak to your place of pain. At least restore that place of right things in your, in your heart. You know, one friend, my first friend, he's building such a healthy family. The other friend, I feel like he's just going through, through the motions. Christmas is a story of reconciliation. God and sinner reconciled. And yet if we don't ever reconcile our past with the people of our family of origin or the people maybe we used to be in a relationship, maybe even a marriage with, and that has gotten broken and busted up over the years, then we're always going to be dragging that pain into our present and it's going to limit our future. And the God of heaven, the God of grace, our perfect father, wants to at least do a work in you. And maybe that's as far as it needs to go, but don't resist that. Don't put on the face, the facade. Don't put up the front any longer. There's too much at stake for your God-given future for you not to deal with these fractions in your heart. Just maybe this is the opportunity for you to write the letter. Maybe this season you send an email. Maybe just spam them. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a face-to-face. That could be the most difficult one, but sometimes it's good to look in the face of a person and say, hey, I don't know if you see it this way, but this is how I feel, and this is my response. Will you forgive me? Maybe they're the one you feel like they've done wrong, but you know there's a part that you played. Maybe the bridge that you build isn't trying, you're not even trying to get anything across from them. You just send across that opportunity for peace, and it'll be what heals and restores you, no matter what their response is. Colossians chapter 1 speaks about the God of reconciliation. It says this, For God was pleased to have his fullness, all of God, dwell in Jesus. Like He said, I want to put all that I am in Jesus. And through Jesus, he reconciled to himself all things, things in the earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In other words, making peace through a sacrifice. Jesus didn't just send an email or a phone call. He put himself on the line for there to be reconciliation. Hey, he says, once you, and this is talking about God and sinner, once you and I, we were alienated. And that's exactly how some of you feel around these friends and family, family of origin, like you feel like an alien. Like when you're around them, the pain is so severe, you don't feel like you can really even just be yourself. But it says once you were like that, you were disconnected, alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Like, whoa, 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 I'm not evil. The truth is all of us are. Every single one of us, sinners, need a savior. Every single one of us had at least some part to play in, in, in the, the drama that we, maybe not with one individual, but just in, in life in its totality. 
But now he has, verse 22, reconciled you. How many are thankful for a now? That God has shown up 2,000 years ago, but it changes us now through Christ's physical body, through death, to present you holy in his sight. I love this. Without blemish. How many know we still have blemishes? We still got issues. We still got hangups. But according to the gospel, it's like when God sees you in his sight, he doesn't see the blemish. And actually, you're free. You're free from any accusation. And this is the best part of salvation, this side of heaven. We get freedom, freedom from our mistakes, just by asking God for forgiveness. We ask for it. You know you did something wrong, an attitude of your heart, an action, uh, some issue in your world, in your life, and you say, okay, God, I know, I know you love me. Would you please forgive me for that issue? And then, boom, we have a confidence. We, we have a freedom. It says, now in his sight, I'm, I'm without blemish. I'm without mistakes. I'm free and clear. I'm telling you, that is good news. That's the best part. Like, sometimes it's easy to pray and ask God for forgiveness because we don't have to see him. And he's not the one who did us wrong. What about somebody else? I know the plaza is very active. It's real quiet up here in the north location. <laughs> but I know that God's dealing with things in your heart, and I get that. Even as I was preparing this message this week, I was wrestling with some people in my world and my life. And I'm asking God, and I don't think I have an answer yet, to be honest. God, what's my part to play in making things right, at least me getting right, when it comes to that person where there's animosity, where there's agitation, where there's frustration with people? See, God overlooks it. He overlooks your spring break from your first year in college. He overlooks your browsing history. He overlooks that whisper under your breath towards your boss that he almost heard but didn't, and it felt so good when he said it. It's not that he overlooks it. He just looks past it. He looks past 2,000 years. And he says, oh, there's the cross. I see Jesus. And because of that sacrifice, I, I, now, now you're free and clear because that's the way that I see you. And if we went face-to-face -face with God right now, we could say, hey, God, we're okay. And he said, yeah, we're not just okay. We're great. We're great because of the sacrifice of Jesus. But I think God would ask you, how are you with them? And you'd be like, God, it's about you and me. Like, don't worry about them. You deal with them. I'm good with you. But God would tell you differently. Jesus said over and over again that your relationships just can't be right here. That the way they're right here is seen by the relationships that we have here. In fact, he goes so far to say, if you're trying to bring a sacrifice, a gift to God, trying to make things right with God according to the Old Testament way of bringing a sacrifice into the temple. He says, if you're trying to bring get right with God, but you haven't made things right with people, just wait on that gift and go forgive. Go get right with someone else. Matthew chapter five. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I don't think it means you have to leave church right here, right now. But I think Jesus is saying a high priority. And as far as the Bible says, as it depends on you, live at peace with the people around you. And maybe they are a hell raiser. They are a hurting person who hurts other people. Maybe the best thing for you isn't to enter into an even conversation with them because you know it will not be received well. I can't tell you the balance of this. I can just tell you Holy Spirit will help you navigate it. Yeah. 
And at the very least, make sure that it gets right in here so that your life can walk free from the toxicity and the troubles of relational pain with other people. See, every other religion is about working hard to get close to God, get right with God. But our religion, our belief, our faith is that we're already made right with him. We receive that gift by faith. And now God does the hard work inside of us to make us right with other people. So here's our big question for today. Why is it at Christmas we don't give the gift that we've received? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Why is it that we hold back this holy and beautiful gift that we've received? And just maybe this year, or maybe you're beginning the journey today, maybe it won't happen for a year or two, but you're going on the pathway to pursue peace with some people that are problematic. Forgiveness for those who might have hurt you. Reconciliation would be beautiful, but you only have half a part to play in that, but that you would just play your part. How can we forgive when things have gone so wrong? How can we be at peace? Jesus on his worst day shows us how. Luke chapter 23, two other men, here's the cross, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. They were placed... Uh, they came to the place called the Skull, Golgotha, Calvary. They crucified him, them, him there along with the criminals, one on his right and other on his left. Jesus is right in the middle of people who are a mess. Jesus is right in the middle of people who have problems. In the middle of all that, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He's forgiving ahead of time. He says, you know, the Romans, the religious leaders, the people that cried out, crucify him in the town square before. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the full consequence of their actions. They don't know the weight or the baggage for their attitude. The first one, I want you to, if you want to forgive like Jesus forgives, very simply, you got to pray for the problem people. In fact, that's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, Father, He's not talking to them yet. He's talking to God first. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're really doing to me. They think they're doing right. And many things that people have done to us in their own mind, in their own way, out of their own hurt and own insecurity and immaturity, they thought they were doing the right thing. And Jesus says, let me show you how this is done. Lord, you, you go to work. God, you do a work. And some of you have such hardened hearts against people, but there's nothing like prayer that would bring a saturation and a softness and then show you not to respond out of a jadedness, not to get back at them, but what a God response would look like. Pray for problem people. Matthew chapter 5, you've heard it said. In other words, this is the way that people live. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy, which kind of makes sense. Because if they're your enemy, they're against you. So why would you want to love someone who's against you? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. It doesn't mean you have to be around them all the time. It just means you have to pray for them. In Luke 6, he says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And maybe prayer is all that is needed right now. The abuse or the betrayal has been so severe. And this is yet again, as you pray, the Holy Spirit will show you what you're to do. And you don't need to get right by someone else's timeline. You need to get on God's timeline. 
show him what it looks like. Ask him to show you what it looks like to respond to the situation. Don't try to force this thing in before next Sunday. Like, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Colossians 3 says, forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. What do I do? I got to forgive. Why? Because I have been forgiven. In fact, Jesus says, if you don't forgive other people, you cannot receive the fullness of your forgiveness. That's really heavy. Now, forgiveness doesn't say, hey, what you did, it's all right. No, forgiveness means I forgive you for what you did so I can be right. I can be right with God. I don't have to carry the toxicity of resentment. Uh, the toxicity of the betrayal doesn't have to have its hold on my soul any longer. You're saying, I forgive you. And this holiday is more than ever. You're coming face to face with people. They don't even want your forgiveness. They don't even think that they did was wrong. They'd rather bury it than bring it up. But I'm telling you, we cannot live that way. You don't have to go face to face with them this year, but you need to go face to face with God, begin to pray. And then, and then forgive. How do I forgive? I forgive out loud. It's awkward, but I do. Because something about my, my, my mouth and my heart, the Bible says, I, I, faith and hearing work together. And so I forgive out loud. And I don't feel it when I do it. Anyone else there with me? I do it by faith. I just say, Father, forgive that person. I do it often. Because I don't ever feel it the first time through. There's some people that I have forgiven for the same thing dozens of times out loud in my car. And some people have to forgive me for the way I drive in my car, but that's another story. I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to do it often, and I'm going to do it today. I'm not going to put another day off where at least I don't tell God, God, I forgive that person for what they did. Uh, maybe one day the possibility to do it face-to-face -face will be there. But until you're ready for that day, just begin to forgive right where you're at. I've had a handful of people say really negative things about me publicly even. And I never had a response or interaction with them. But I was driving in my car for months. I would forgive them a lot. And I would pray blessing on them. That was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. I was like, Lord, bless them. Promote them. Let them move up in their company. Let them get transferred to a job in Siberia in Jesus' name. <laughs> but I would. And honestly, let me tell you the truth. I didn't feel it. Can I be honest? I didn't like it. But I did it out of faith and, listen, obedience. And something begins to change on the inside of us when we walk in faith and we obey. Listen. No one owns your spirit but you. You choose. You decide. The most heinous act of aggression or attack against you, you choose your own spirit. Because resentment is like drinking a poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. It just hurts you. So you choose today. I'm not going to let it get interwoven into my, my soul. I'm going to let my spirit be free. Jesus was asked once by the disciples, and they were trying to, like, act so spiritual. God, Jesus, I'm sorry, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? Seven was like the biblical perfect number. It's the God number. Should we forgive seven? And Jesus says 70 times seven. Now, I can't do that math because I had a year of homeschool, but um, <laughs> what Jesus is saying is forgiveness is a lifestyle. Don't try to quantify it, what it looks like. Just keep multiplying it. 
just keep adding it up. This is the way that we live. Matthew 10, verse 8, freely you've received, freely give. Final thought here is be brave enough to take the first step. Ask for a holy boldness to take the first step. Today, ask for God to show you what the first step looks like. He says that's what God did for us. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates, God shows, God puts on display his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, evil, distant, broken, didn't know about him, didn't receive the gospel, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Cyber Monday, um, just a little while ago, I was really wanting this. There's a great deal. I wanted to buy something for, for myself. And <laughs> don't judge, you all did it too. And there was 30% off. And I, I was like, oh, I got to get this thing before the end of Monday. And all of a sudden, honestly, it's like almost midnight. Luckily for me, it was midnight Pacific time. They allowed it. There was grace and mercy. It was as if God was saying, buy two. Um, <laughs> But I wanted my 30% off. And there literally was like a countdown to where the deal was voided if I didn't get it in in time. Because if I miss the deadline, I miss the offer. You know, God doesn't deal with us like that. As long as you are alive, the offer remains. As long as you're breathing, the offer remains. God didn't rescind the offer because we didn't take it immediately. He keeps it out there for us. And the same way, be bold enough to go first. And if they don't receive it at all, don't rescind the offer. You just set it out there. Like, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they're like. I don't, but Jesus does. He understands, Hebrews tells us, he understands every condition of the human soul. He understands what it's like to be, to be falsely accused, rejected, abused, humiliated, betrayed. Jesus gets it all. And he who didn't do any wrong in the relationships, he says, no, I forgive them. They don't know the fullness of what they are doing. Christmas is a story about God going first. God sending forgiveness. God sending redemption. God making a way for reconciliation. Hey, that person, they might not care at all. They might act like you're crazy. They might try to lump on a guilt trip. They might not even pick up the phone they might make you feel like it was a waste of your time, but you just make the decision in your heart and see what God does with it. And you won't feel like it. Make the decision in faith and the feelings will follow in the long run. God, God, God will, it will feel right in the long run when you make a God decision right now. I think about the beautiful story of forgiveness. Uh, it's just like the life story of Nelson Mandela that one man's forgiveness towards the apartheid regime that put him in prison for the majority of his, his life, one man's forgiveness healed a nation. And maybe your forgiveness won't heal a nation, but it'll heal you. He says this, I love this, forgiveness liberates the soul. Some of your soul is bound because you're holding on to the offense. It removes fear, and that's why it's such a powerful weapon. Many of us think forgiveness is, is a, a passive response to submit to what someone did. No, it's not at all. It's a powerful weapon that you can win the battles of your yesterday and secure the God future in your tomorrow. There's blessing to those that forgive. 
Jesus says, the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are the peacemakers because you're called like sons and daughters of God. In other words, you're just like your dad when you forgive. 2 Corinthians 5, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And Christ, God has given us the task, the job, the work of reconciling people, not just to us, but to him. And I don't think anything quite moves the story, uh, the heart of people, like the story, excuse me, of saying, I, I forgive you. I, I, I let it go. It's how the whole world, the Bible says, that Jesus says, that's how people know that we belong to one another. It's by our love for each other. He says, love one another as I have loved you. So I don't know the offense and I don't know the betrayal. I don't know the abuse. I don't know the neglect. I don't know the words that were said. I don't know the doors that were slammed in your faith. I don't know where you feel alienated with people, but God knows it completely. And if it's weighing on your soul and it's crushing your spirit, if it's maybe multiplied or magnified in this season, I'm just telling you, God is wanting to do something at least in you. There's healing for you. There's hope for you. There's peace for you. Again, the Bible says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. There's a part that only you can play, and you just leave it in God's hands. And you might never see the bridge being rebuilt, the relationship revived. You might never see the, 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 your decision responded to in a healthy way. But I'm telling you, you will see health and life and healing and hope in your own world and in, in your own life. It is not the most wonderful time of the year because of what is happening around us. It is the most wonderful time of year because of what has already happened to us. This is our response to the God who loves us so much that he forgives us fully and he goes first. So you bow your heads and close your eyes on the plaza location here in the north. I want to pray for those. I want to pray for those that need help and healing in the heart towards other people. People maybe long gone, maybe long distant, maybe people, maybe even people in the room with you right now. I don't know the severity of the struggle. I don't know the reality of that rejection. I don't know the pain of the fullness of what that person did, that problem person did. I do know this. There is so much more healing from God for you than there is ever hurt that could happen to you. There is so much more hope and health in your soul than what anyone else could have ever done to hinder. And no one can stop the God plan. No distant father, no abusive mother. No one can stop the God plan but you not choosing to respond to what he's asking of you. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed in this place on the plaza, I just want to pray over you. And then we give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Some of you need a fresh start with Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we are forgiven. Freely we have received the gift of grace. And Lord, by faith, we choose to freely give it to those that are around us. Lord, you know everything that's happened. Everything. Every word, every wound, every rejection, every abuse everything and it breaks your heart but that's why you did something about it you were broken on the cross so that we could be made whole 
Lord, I thank you that we are reconciled to you. God and sinner, we are saved. But help us navigate, help us walk through by faith, sinner and sinner, person and person, reconciliation. And Lord, I thank you, you would show them the way forward. It doesn't have to be like anyone else's story. It's theirs. But you would show, you would lead and guide them. Your word says you would lead and guide them with all peace. And it might be sacrificial and it might be painful, but it's going to produce peace on the inside of them. And Lord, I thank you, you are healing hearts. You are healing relationships. You are restoring back to people what the enemy stole. You are bringing peace and an everlasting hope in the name of Jesus. Let's stay in this moment of prayer. If you're here on the plaza in North Location and you need to give your heart to Jesus, don't miss it. It is the greatest gift of all, but you have to receive it. Maybe you need a fresh start with Jesus. Maybe you've allowed the abuse that you grew up under to keep, you've, like when you think about a father, you think about your father and it causes you not to be close to your heavenly father. And I don't know why all the things happen to you. I just know this. We live in a broken world, but we have a perfect God who sent the perfect gift, Jesus, to save you and to secure you in a brand new family of faith. Don't miss the opportunity of an eternity to receive that gift or come back to his grace, come back to his goodness this morning. Even on the plaza up here in the north, if you need a fresh start with Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer together as one big family of faith. And we'd love to include you in this prayer. We'd love this to be the moment where heaven meets your world where God's grace meets right where you're at. So we'd love to pray this prayer with you. The only thing we ask of you is we just want to know who you are. With no one looking around, just me and one person on the team at both locations. If you're here and you need a fresh start with Jesus, if you're on the plaza, you need a fresh start with Jesus, will you have the faith and the humility just to raise your hand just for a moment and say, hey, Pastor Kyle, I see one hand here. That's awesome. Two of you, I'm so proud of you. Three of you, that's so great. I can't see you on the plaza, but God can. He sees you right where you're at. Come on, both locations, let's pray together. One big family. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God. Say it again. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. I was distant, but you made a way. It was broken. This world was broken by sin, but you've restored it by your perfection that was broken on the cross. Jesus, I receive the gift of your life, the gift of your grace, Heal me, restore me, forgive me. I turn around from going my own way. God, I'm going your way. From this day on, I am all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Plaza Location, North Location, let's clap. Why don't we stand to our feet? Stand to our feet. We're going to worship God. Let's let go of all the resentment, all the toxicity, all the drama. Let's give Him our heart. I know this is a weighty message, but God can handle the weight. Put it back on his shoulders. And when we glorify God, we're adding our weight, our value. We're putting it on him. Come on, church, let's worship him with all our hearts.